Hi everyone, it is Marilyn Aloria and welcome to Who Can It Be Now? I just was talking to you for about 20 minutes and I knew once I started talking that it was all gonna download to me what they wanted me to share with you and it felt like it took 20 minutes to get there. So I ended that recording and I was like, let me start new. So um, we're gonna be talking about a lot of things today. We're gonna be talking about mindset. We're gonna be talking about comparison energy. We're going to talk about work that doesn't feel like work. I'm going to offer up some rituals to help you. We're going to be talking about goals. We're going to be talking about letting go. We're going to be talking about letting go of relationships. We're going to be talking about making excuses. We're going to talk about respond, taking responsibility and also um, energy shifting, how to shift your energy in the moment. So this is going to be action packed, hopefully, because we all know I can talk. This is going to be action packed with stories and things that you can do and what it's like to be a sensitive, a psychic, an intuitive who is waking up more and more and more to your existence, your life, choosing to step into your greatness. We're going to talk about greatness in a second. It's choosing to stepping into your greatness, releasing a lot of situations that don't serve your greatness anymore not even realizing you're doing it because once you make an intention, a decision to step into your greatness, things start falling away. And then living the life that you're meant to live, the life that you deserve to live, the life you've been dreaming to live, not making excuses and doing it. So we're going to talk all about that. Um, as I've mentioned before, and if I haven't mentioned on this podcast, because I talk to a lot of different people, but I believe I have because I did a whole podcast about greatness. I have been praying every night since last quarter, um, which is where I'm recording this on Monday, April 3rd, uh, 2023. So it was fall of 2022 about stepping into my greatness. And what the prayer is, it's not about see me. It's not about that at all. It's about um, how do I get all these creative dreams that are in my heart and soul and bring them out into the world? And what do I need to do to stop sitting on them? What do I need to do to finally get them out? What do I need to believe in myself? Who do I need to talk to? Where do I need to go? What do I need to, what do I need to see? So every night I have a dream, I have a prayer that I do about that. And um, it feels really good because what I do is I then surrender and let go. So I'm praying like, and it could be any word for you. I'm like, how, show me how to step into my greatness. And what my greatness is, is, is whatever is the God given talent God has given me, why I'm here, my purpose of being here. Um, I don't like using the word purpose because some people think that purpose is only linear. It's very contained. It's like, I only have this one purpose and that's not true. You may have a purpose of uh, motivating people through story, healing people, helping people to believe in themselves, um, helping people through health, whatever it is. It's a generalized thing that you get to tweak and turn and twist and grow and plant and um, cultivate. So I usually stay away from the word purpose, but most people understand it. So it's my mission in life is what I like to say. So my greatness is my mission. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready to stop hiding and stop squashing down these dreams, these stories, and I'm ready to start bringing them out into the world. And um, so what do I need to do? How do I need to prepare myself with ease and grace? I always ask ease and grace. I promise to stay observant. What it means to stay observant is observant in my own life, conscious in my own life to what the universe is communicating to me through experiences, relationships, people, stories, my dreams, but also being conscious to what other people are going through and being a witness to their life and going, mm, I ain't fucking doing that because that girl's messing up. So really what I mean by that is like, if you see somebody making really bad choices in your opinion, right, you're not judging them, but it's a choice that you're like, oh shit, that, that train's about to go off the tracks. And the way I do it is I, I don't judge it. I really do my best not to judge it. Hey, judgment comes in every now and then I'm human, right? But I usually will watch it and I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do that. I'm going to observe that. I'm going to make better choices. I'm going to learn from watching what that person's doing. So that's learning through, that's, uh, learning through observation. Because a long time ago, I said to my guides, stop freaking teaching me through this life experience because it was so hard. I was getting like knocked back and forth and up and down. And, and I said, I promise to, I'm going to, I promise to learn. I want to learn through other people's experiences. I want to watch them. And they said, well, you better pay attention then. And I said, I promise to observe. I promise to pay attention. So I have been stepping into this greatness. And what that looks like is uh, goals. I've set goals. So we're going to talk about goals now. Okay. Get over the fucking word if it bothers you. 
I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to try not to curse that much today. I think we'll see what happens. I listen to another podcast and the girl curses so much and I'm like, it even bothers me. And if it's bothering me, that's, that's a problem. So goals are really important. I don't care if you call them dreams and intentions, just do them. Stop saying I've got these goals or I'm afraid to say the word goals. If your goals aren't manifesting, you're not doing anything towards them. That's the bottom line. That is it. I am very much about productivity and productivity to me is not pushing. It's not pushing it. It's me being very clear about what I'm building, writing it down, working on it every single day. And it doesn't feel like work because I'm having the best time doing it and then moving the needle forward. So I'm using um, a system that I've learned two different systems. I've combined the 90 day year with Todd Herman and I use the full focus planner by Michael, Michael Hyatt, right? And I combined those together to create my own productivity. And I actually taught this workshop in Next Level Living and I think I'm gonna do it again. I didn't feel like it was very together um, because I wasn't sure if I could use the full focus planner as a model, but then I contacted them to make sure it was okay and they didn't seem to care. They, they were like, yeah, sure, here's some videos. I'm like, okay, yeah. Um, so I probably will do that again. If I do it again, I'll make sure everybody knows, make sure you're on my list, go to marilynaloria.com and sign up for my list. So you can hear about that. So I last, uh, so I wrote goals the beginning of this year and every 90 days you review them, but you review them every week. Every, when you review your goals every week and you write down on your calendar every day, three things that you need to get done that day, whether you get them done or not. You are making room in your calendar to do it. But sometimes when you run a business, things happen. You have, to, you have to deal with something. So you carry that goal to the next day. When you stay on top of things like that, shifts happen. It's amazing. So I wanted to redo, I wanted to get ready to do this quarter. We're in the second quarter of the year. And um, I was going to do it on Sunday, yesterday. I'm recording this on Monday. And on Saturday, I went and played a USTA match. So we're talking about mindset now. So I have pretty good mindset. I work a lot on it. I also teach it. So I feel like my mindset is very strong. It's very good. But on the tennis court, it is something that has been very difficult for me. And it's probably because I never played team sports. I went to a really nasty grammar school where the, it was just petty. You were in school with the same 23 girls for eight years and it just wasn't a fun time at all. My high school was so much different. It was so great. And um, I just was the outcast. I was the outcast. How many of us are outcasts? I was watch I watched Wednesday Adams on Netflix and I enjoyed it because they had an outcast school. And I was like, oh, that would have been so much fun. I, I feel like my high school, we were, we were, um, we were just rebels, man. We were rebels. So I team sports isn't something I played. So when I started playing team sports, um, as I got older, when I went into tennis, I, I wasn't really that good at it. I, cause I'm like, yeah, fuck you. You know, I, oop, there goes a curse again, whatever. Um, I wasn't really that good at it. And when I had a coach, first time I ever had a coach, right. And he was telling me what to do. I was like, F you too. Cause I didn't know how to be coached by a, a, a an athlete thing. I had no idea. I was like, no one's going to tell me what to do. Meanwhile, I'm like paying someone to teach me how to play tennis. And he was like my father. Like he, he didn't look like my father, but I was, it was like a father relationship. And so it was kind of got gnarly there for a while, really gnarly, but it was a really great experience. It was a really great lesson. I learned so much and I was very aware of the father dynamic happening at the time, but I was also, it was just a real struggle. So I've been really working on my mental state, my mental um, state in tennis, find something other than your business to work on your mental capacity, because say you're running a business or ready to run a business, or I've been talking to a lot of people who want to have a business and they keep telling me why, why they haven't been able to, which we're going to talk about excuses and taking responsibility in a second. But if you can't figure out what it is in your business, that's keeping you from it, everything is mindset every single thing is mindset. So find something else where you can work on your mindset that doesn't feel as detrimental, but allows you to become conscious to it. So tennis is a big one for me. So um, I was on a USTA team, which I don't usually like playing USTA because I get uber anxious, like friggin' anxious, like a mofo. And it, I just am sick. I'm like hating it. I'm like, Oh, I gotta go. I gotta go. Oh, I don't want to go. Okay. Can it just rain? And um, I was on a team 
and they didn't know me very well. And I didn't understand the whole idea that you have to prove yourself on a team because I haven't really had that so much in the teams I was on. And I realized I haven't had that because they knew how I played or I played on a mixed and I proved myself on a mixed or whatever. So this team didn't know me. I was becoming the scapegoat for people who didn't even know how to play. And ratings are important in USTA. Um, and I was like, you know what? I don't like the way this is going down. I'm quitting the team because I take care of myself. And they were fine. They had enough players. It wasn't like I was screwing them. So uh, the team I was on last year invited me to be on their team. And I was like, I'm going to do that because I like the players. The captain knows my level of play. And everybody on the team knows how to play tennis, which really makes it easy, especially doubles because there's a lot of positioning. And um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. So I was I had my first match this past Saturday. And I was excited. The first time ever, I was excited. And I'm like, wow, this is weird. And I, I had my partner. I know my partner. We play a lot together. And um, that helps too. And we practiced. And then I went to the place, the yacht club, to go play. And um, the girl I was playing against was really mean to me two years ago. And I was like, oh, damn. So that got into my head. And I told my partner about it. Um, and she likes to chat a lot, my partner, because it makes her feel comfortable. I don't like chatting at all. So she's like, da -da 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 -da, talking, talking, talking. And I was talking a tiny bit more than I normally do, which threw me a little bit. And really, I don't mind it. It's what makes my partner feels good, but I don't need to talk. So that threw my game. Playing the opponent that was bitchy to me uh, hit my game, even though she was nice on the court. We were nice to each other. And my first four games, Thank goodness my partner came out the gate swinging because I was horrendous, horrendous. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, this girl who pushed me out of her whole experience, she thinks I suck, you know? I was like, I got to win this. I want to win this. And I pulled it together. I pulled it together in the middle of the game. And I said, enough already. Get out of this mindset. Play the game. And I said to my partner, and we talk a lot, I said, I've got to play my tennis. I can't play their tennis. And she said, just watch the ball, make sure the ball's in front of you. And she gave me a really good tip. And we're very good with each other. We don't, we don't judge each other. We're very good at picking each other up. And so we won. First set, we won. And they, the other girls were mad. And they went off to the bathroom and took a long break. And my back went out. And I was like, oh, F, my back is out. And my partner's like, do you want Advil? And I was like, no, because a chiropractor taught me once that you shouldn't take you shouldn't mask the pain because you can hurt yourself more. I should have took the Advil, to be honest with you. So I was in child's pose. I know what to do. I'm certified in yoga and I was trying to stretch it out. And we got into the second set and I think we were down like one, three. And I said to my partner, I told her what we needed to do. She told me what we needed to do. Like we were both in sync and we won. So we won six, three, six, three, but my back went out. Uh, was out. So it was great. We won. It was a lot of fun. I really like this team a lot. And I was like, oh my goodness, the first time I shifted my mindset, I worked on it. I was listening to tennis podcasts. I was watching a show on Netflix with the pros and listening. And I was like, the pros have mindset things. I'm like, I thought it was just me. Like I thought I was the crazy one because every time I said to somebody, I'm super anxious, they were like, oh, get over it. You know how people do that with you? And I was like, oh, it's just me. I'm just messed up. I'm just this crazy insecure person on the court. What's wrong with me? And when I was watching the pros, I think it's called uh, Tennis Break, Breakpoint or something. Breakpoint. I can't remember what it's called on Netflix. Very good. I was like, oh my goodness, they're like me. I don't feel so bad anymore. So my point is mindset is everything and you have to work on your mindset. And I'm shifting so much in my life and I'm working on it. So yesterday on Sunday, I couldn't do my goals because my back was out. I was on the couch. And so this morning I got up and I started working on them. And as I was reviewing them, I couldn't believe one, how much I worked on every single goal and stuck to it. Yeah, I didn't achieve certain things, but that was okay because I could see them in progress. So I, I didn't, I wasn't attached to results. And two, when I started rewriting my goals for this quarter, because I'm doing a whole new book, I had expansion, I had growth. I had shifted my perspective. I saw more capabilities. And I was like, holy moly, this is what happens when you commit to yourself, when you make a decision about what you're going to do and you follow through with it and you don't make excuses. This is what happens. Now, let me be very clear because I've had conversations with certain people lately who are like, I don't want to work hard. I don't work hard. 
I love what I do. So it never feels like I'm working hard. It feels like I'm working hard when I'm doing something I don't like, which is why I decided to let go of my program last year because it got to a point where it felt like work. I have always honored myself that way. When a job doesn't, when I, I promised this when I left television production, when I left um, NBC Olympics and became an actress, and I still went in and out of TV a little bit for a little while there, I promised myself if I was ever miserable in a job, I would leave it. And I followed that. I've always followed that. So when I'm miserable in something in my own business, I find another way. I leave it. I, even if it's making me income and it's scary as all heck to walk away, I refuse to allow myself to be miserable. So standing in your greatness, what does that mean? You have to decide for yourself. This is not an ego thing, like I said, where it's like, uh, see me, see me. If you're not seeing yourself, nobody's seeing you. So decide how you can support your own greatness. And I just said to somebody today, I'm going to share another story in a minute, but I said to somebody today, she was on my genius call. And if you want to be on the genius call, um, go to joinsass.com. It's a really great call where I take you and your genius. And now we're covering different topics like success, mindset. It depends on when you're on that call, but it's something great. And she was telling me that she wasn't yet ready to do her workshops, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But what I said to her is it doesn't mean that you don't wait to be in your greatness. That means you bring your greatness into what you're doing today. And she, I, I, she wrote me back, but I hadn't been able to read the whole thing. But she was like, thank you so much for saying that because that makes sense. Because what I always hear from people is I don't have enough time or um, I don't have enough money. Or I can't do it yet until I move. That's another conversation I have with someone else. I was like, that doesn't mean you stop doing your greatness. Those are excuses that we're habitually doing to ourselves because there's something underneath it. And what's usually underneath it is insecurity, lack of self-worth, mindset. You don't think you're going to, you don't trust yourself to see it through. So you use these little excuses to not do the thing that you really want to do. So I want you to stop it now because I won't put up with it anymore. So I've actually gotten really strong in how I'm dealing with people, even stronger than I've ever been. Because in the past, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to piss off that potential client. Now I'm like, I don't really give a fuck because I only want to work with people who want to reach their greatness. I'm not for everybody. I'm not for the faint of heart because you will not be able to handle me. End of story. So, and what I hear from my, my clients time and time again is, um, I love how direct you are. I love how honest you are. I love that you have integrity. And so recently I've been calling people out, just calling them out, but I try to do it with love. I really do. Cause I know I can be harsh sometimes. And I say to them, Hey, I'm going to call you out on this with love right now, but I want you to know I care. And you telling me that you can't do such and such until um, until you have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank. Well, what are you doing for that hundred thousand dollars? Because that's bullshit. Make it happen. Make your life happen. So I am fully, I was, I was in the kitchen the other day. I always know exactly where I am when I have a psychic moment or a conscious moment. And I went, what has shifted so much in my life? And I'm like, I'm taking full responsibility full on responsibility. That's what has shifted. I am not a victim to anything. And I'll tell you something this morning, I was pissed because my back was out. I was annoyed. I had so much I wanted to do. I'm very physically active. And I was like, Oh, I, and I knew I had a, a chiropractor. Luckily my chiropractor is booked like in advance, but I've been booking. I finally booked out like Mondays and this was the first Monday I had. And I was like, thank goodness. Um, but I was like, so I got into meditation and channeling and I talked to my guides. That's how I do it. I tell them what's going on, even though they know what's going on by me verbally processing with them, I get to clarity and I was annoyed about stuff, but I wasn't blaming them. There's been times in the past where I'd be like, you, you know, come on guys, like make it easier. I'm not doing that. I'm like, I'm annoyed because of A, B, and C. But I know this is my responsibility and I have to fix it. If I'm saying there's not enough time in my day, then I need to fix something here. So it's a whole different experience, which allows, sets you up for success. 
if you're struggling with getting your business off the ground, changing your life, getting out of a relationship, moving, right? That's another one. So I'm going to tell another story. Oh, yay. Stories are coming through. Um, I knew I had a bunch of stories for you guys. It's, it's because of you. It's because you have a mindset thing. And you need to deal with that, what's underneath it. And it could be lack of self-confidence. It could be lack of self-worth. It could be that you, this is another one I hear all the time. My partner doesn't want me doing it. Well, your partner is just highlighting what's inside of you. Because I could most, I'd say eight times out of 10, because sometimes the partner is just an asshole. But eight times out of 10, the partner is just going off your energy. And if you get convicted, convinced and convicted, you're convicted in your, I can't find the right word, convicted, right? In your intentions and what you want to do, your partner is probably going to be like, woohoo, I'm so excited for you. I hear for you, honey. It's very rare that I see that the partner is like I said, somebody who's like, oh, you're working too much or you're not here for me. I've seen that a couple of times. I'm like, oh, get rid of that one. But so watch your excuses, take responsibility for your life. And like I said, like I have another good friend I'm talking to and she's like, I'm just it, you know, it's not something I want to do right now. I'm like, don't you put your energy into what is important to you, but put your energy into it 1000% because you have no idea. She's going to know who it is. I'm just going to say it. Like it, it, like, I think it's really important if you have family, right. And if you're raising kids to me, that is a priority. My mother made us a priority in her life. And she was in only, she was by herself raising us, no support, no family, nothing. And she was working. And she still made us a priority in her life. And that is important, right? And I understand how important it is, but then bring your greatness to everything you do because you have no idea that while you're raising your kids or you're um, focused on teaching kids, maybe you're teaching in a school and it's not the thing you ultimately want to do, you bringing your greatness to it, something else amazing is going to be born from it that is supposed to be born in the moment. It's really good. And by the way, my friend who's listening to this, I'm not saying you're making excuses. You know that. I'll leave you a boxer in a bit. Um, I'm just using that as an example because a lot of people feel the same way. Because ta- I'm talking to somebody else who, you know, she's got three young kids. She doesn't really have time. And I said, well, how much time do you have during the day for work? Because she said she had two days and she had like five hours. And I'm like, well, what's going on in the, those five hours? Can you leave your house and go work someplace else? Because you obviously have some kind of childcare set up for those kids because you carved out that time. Now, again, I think kids are a priority. So I'm not telling a mother how to be with her kids. So you want change to happen. You've got to make change happen. And then you've got to ask yourself what you're not doing to create change. So one of the dogs are getting restless because they know it's that time and I'm going to have to. <laughs> they're they're going to play. They're going to start playing behind me. So um one of the things that I've been talking about is uh, checking places out for my move. And last year I just couldn't travel. I couldn't everything. I, I asked to 10 X my life and everything that I put together came apart and it needed to. And I'm really glad that it did, but I really had to stay extremely focused on what I was dealing with in order to get to the next level of my life to 10 exit. So this year I've been like, okay, very focused on my goals and moving forward. And Mike is sticking his, you can't say, I'll put the camera just in case you see this on YouTube. Um, he's, he's like, he's such a habit dog. It's like almost five o'clock. It's like, we need to go out. You got to just give me 15 minutes, buddy. And he was just out in the yard. So, um, so I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to start checking places out. I'm talking to a realtor I'm getting really clear. I won't know if it's the right place until I go see it. But I was like, okay, I got to take trips. And I could not figure out my anxiety around travel. And I realized what it was. Like I went to an EMDR therapist. We thought it had to do with 9-11. It has to do with I didn't have anybody safe to leave my dogs with. So when I moved, I had somebody amazing in LA. So I never had a problem traveling in LA because I knew where they were going and she took great care of them. When I came to Marin, I couldn't find a soul. And that might sound crazy. And that might sound like an excuse. I interviewed like 30 people because I'm a little bit crazy when it comes to this stuff. Whoever's going to have my dogs, I got to make sure you're going to be uber responsible with my dogs. So I interviewed all these people and like 
one person I've told this story before, like one person I went to, I went into her house and I was like, oh, this is great. I don't want people walking my dogs. If you don't know how to handle big dogs, not everybody can walk them. Like one guy seems good, but he like put them all in a van and then he rollerbladed with the first half. And then I was like, you leave a bunch of dogs in the van. Like, I, I don't trust that. So, um, and I talked to the trainers and they were like, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that either. We don't, we don't leave the dogs in a van while he's, while we're rollerblading out for an hour and it's okay. He, his business works for him and good for him, but it wasn't good for me. And then I met another woman and she had all these dogs in her house and she's, I'm in her house with my dogs, Mike and Venus and everybody's getting along and she got a little yard and she seemed really cool and low key. And she's like, this is Mickey. This is Frank. She's pointing out all the dogs, naming them. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And I'm like, great, I found a place. And I walk out the door and I'm heading back to my car and I look at her car and there's a little chihuahua jumping up, jumping up, jumping up, looking out the window. And I'm like, there's a dog in her car and the windows is shut. And I went back in the house. And I'm like, do you know you have a dog in the car? And she's like, oh, Petey, I forgot Petey. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not leaving my dogs with you, lady. Holy mackerel, holy mackerel. And then I, another woman I know who, and this was through a certain company. I'm not going to bad mouth it, but it's a company online that you can find dog borders through. And uh, the woman in my neighbor, she watched dogs and she was never home. And there was a lot of shit going down in that house. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't trust this. So it was a big deal for me. And I finally found trainers that could take my dogs in that I trusted that had great facilities, but they weren't always available. And last year I was trying to travel and the trainer, I, both trainers weren't available. They're like, we, we can't do it. Sorry. And they weren't, ex they were like, I was like, do you have anybody else? They're like, nope, not for your dogs. So I finally found a boarding facility that was very highly recommended by a friend of mine and my vet loved them too. And I was like, and I already met with another boarding facility and I was like, ah, something about this intuitively I don't like. And when I talked to my vet, I trust my vet a lot about the two boarding facilities. They were like, we don't really like that facility because they're overcrowded. They have way too many dogs and we don't think it's a great one. The facility you're thinking about going is amazing. We love them. We think they're incredible. So I went to that facility. They have to check out the dogs, right? And uh, Mike and Venus went in the back and I went away. And of course, I'm a nervous Nelly. I'm, you know, oh, I hope they're okay. I hope they pass the test. And I went and picked them up and very responsible facility, really watches the dogs, watches behavior, listens to me about what I'm very honest about my dogs. And they were like, yeah, they passed. They're fine. They're totally fine. And they had trainers and everything. So I even tried their trainers. That wasn't really great for me um, because I was like, oh, great. They can take them to the beach. They can take them hiking. They can get to know the trainers. So I didn't love the training situation because I met with the lead trainer and I was like, it just wasn't for me. And I was still like, I can't travel. I don't feel comfortable. And something inside of me was like, you know what? Get over it. Get over your fear. Move past your fear. Put the dogs in the facility and try it out. Enough's enough already. And I can't, this may sound so silly to some of you, but for me, my dogs are my family. Don't really have a family that I depend, that I really get along with. I'm releasing a lot of people in my life and I don't know many people, like I know tennis people in Marin, but I'm not really connected to anybody up here. I was saying to a colleague of mine, actually an academic from Next Level Living, I said, you know, there's some moments in, in Marin where I'm like, there's some moments in my day where I'm like, I just want to sit on those stairs and cry because I can't believe the experience I'm in sometimes. Like I moved to a place where I didn't know a soul and it kind of had kept that going on. Like, yes, I play tennis with a lot of people. I know a lot of people like that, but I don't, I'm not connected to anyone. And some people would say that's my choice. And that's true. Um, because I'm just not going to just bring in, it, it has to be the right, right friendships. So I was like, I've got to get over this. I've got to start seeking my next move. And I'm happy here. It's not like I'm not happy, but Mike is getting older. I live in a hillside house. He can't walk upstairs. I, everything is stairs here. My whole backyard is down sloping. It's like, it's not the right place. And so I'm like, I've got to, the you know, the fire under the butt, do something. So not this past Sunday, this Sunday before I went, all right, that's it. I'm putting them in the facility. And the night before I'm sleeping and I called up and I made a reservation and I was like, all right, if I don't want to do it, I'll just won't do it tomorrow. And I didn't make myself go back on decisions because that's the other thing I'm stopping myself from doing making a decision 
and then hem hawing about it. I do that a lot. I'll be like, I'll go. And then I'll be like, oh, I don't want to go. So now I'm really trying to be very honest with myself about what my decision is. So I got up the next morning. I was like, that's it. I'm doing it. And I did it. And I prayed too. I sent the angels in. I'm like, just let this go well. And um, I felt so much freedom. I felt so free. I went and played tennis with my normal group because I wanted to do it when it was like low stakes. I didn't want to do it before a USTA game because that would have been making me nervous. And I went to the grocery store after. We have amazing supermarkets here. And I took my time and I brought a latte. And I was like, this is amazing. And I went and picked them up. And the facility is so good. And I said, how did they do? And they gave me a report. Micah was a little anxious, but he's okay. Just bring him here more. Venus did great. Venus used to be my problem child. She's become like the stellar dog. Lots of training. Lots of training with both of them. And I was like, great. And they even emailed me later because I had to put a flat collar on um, Venus, a different kind of collar, and I didn't have a tag on it. And they said, by the way, Venus didn't have a tag. Make sure she has a tag. I was like, I love this facility. So we can constantly, that's an, that we can constantly come up with excuses or fear stops us. You have to break through it. That was a big deal for me. The other thing I did is I was deciding whether to go to my 40th high school reunion. Yes, I'm that old. And um, my school closed down, unfortunately, but the class is still very, very tight. I, grew up, I had a very tight class and they rented out a hotel in Jersey Shore. They didn't rent out the hotel, but a banquet room and and a bunch of them are going. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. Um, and not because I don't love them, just because the East Coast, traveling to the East Coast is just not an easy trip for me. And I have to go anyway to see my mother. I want to go to see my mother. And all this stuff was coming up around it. Like I'm letting go of friendships over 40 years. And I'm not going to get into those stories yet because I'm not ready to. But when you start opening up more and you start living more aligned with your life, and this is nothing about other people, because when I coach people and we'll talk about other souls in their life, spirit never talks bad about other souls. It has nothing to do with them. It has to do with you. So I was struggling like this was a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, wow, I am really having a hard time with this decision. There's a lot of emotions coming up. So I reached out to the therapist I worked with last year. And I am really, really picky about therapy because I've been through like 20 years of therapy. Um, and I've had some wackadoos and I've had some amazing therapists and I met a therapist last year. I met a wackadoo man. She was a friggin' wackadoo. Basically her advice, I'm not even going to tell you, it was just so ridiculous. But so I met a really great therapist and I was working with her, but it was when I just was like, I can't right now. Um, I, and I'm also really good on my own and she knows it too. Like she's just an amazing therapist. Absolutely. If you're looking for a therapist, especially if you're creative and you're spiritual and you're sensitive and you're psychic, Jungian therapists are really great. I've studied a lot of Jungian work. I've been around Jungian therapists and this is a Jungian therapist and they'll do dream interpretation and everything. And I really recommend it. So I emailed her and I said, look, I'm struggling with my truth, knowing my truth in this decisions I'm making. I feel I need to be back in therapy right now and I need the help. I need someone to reflect back to me and help me. And she didn't write me back right away, but I knew that was the right decision. And I knew whether she contacted me or not, I was going to be okay because just taking the action started shifting things for me. She did contact me um, because my email got lost, but she did contact me like two, three days later and we made an appointment right away. And I met with her last week and that was great. And she's in my repertoire now. And the thing with me with therapy, because I've been through so much of it, I don't want to be with a therapist who's like, you got to come every week for the, you know, the next 10 years. I can't do that. It doesn't work for me. And she knows I work fast too. And I, I said to her, I'd like to do like four sessions and that, you know, and see what happens. And she said, you can work however you want. I have, it's fine with me. And um, I'll probably keep it going because I just feel the support is so good. You need to get around light-minded people who can support you in your decisions and your changes, because what you may be realizing is the people around you that are closest to you, they can't see your greatness or they can't see where you're going. And if they can't see it and you're struggling in some type of decision you're making or lacking self-worth that one particular day, you need people around you who can support you through that and to see you through it. So that is uh, what I did. So now I'm going to share some of my rituals, but I want to share another story. Honesty, directness. I'm super honest. I'm super direct. I'm very clear lately. 
And I share this with you. And it's not from a look at me, look at me. It's I hope my stories help you to see something in yourself that maybe maybe you're struggling with or maybe you need confidence in. Or like what I love about this therapist is I was telling her something. I was having an issue with someone and I could feel the energy. And she said, if you're feeling it, then it's true. And sometimes you need to hear that. And it wasn't a projection. She knew it. It wasn't a psychotic break. It wasn't like projecting onto the person. And she was right. I was right. <laughs> Messed up story. I'm not going to go there. I'll go with those stories later. So that neutralized, that energy is neutralized because I took my energy out of it and the person has taken their energy out of it and it's no longer there. So I know there was something there and I know where I was right about it and it just shifted. So I um, am choosing to be very honest. And one of the things that I've noticed is the pressure to do things that you don't want to do. And we have to accept ourselves the way we are sensitives. I'm not somebody who's going to go to a big party anymore. Um, I used to be so social. I used to go into big parties. I grew up in Manhattan and Brooklyn. You know, I grew up with like, I swear there must have been about like, forgive me, I'm swearing 200 kids all growing up together in a square mile. And um, anybody who comes from my neighborhood, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, will tell you that's what it was like. And we were just in packs. We were in the bars at like 13 years old, 14 years old, and the, the bar would be packed. And we knew like so many people. It was just like one big friggin' party. And I was okay with all that. And I'll tell you why in a second. So I was very, very, very social. And I have known for a while now, I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert extrovert. And what that means is I'm an introvert. I like quiet time. I like small situations with people. I'm very extroverted in the sense that I will talk to anybody. I will ask questions. I will come converse with you. If it's a big table of people, I'm usually not the one who's speaking. I don't want this people. Some people may not believe this, but I don't want the center of attention. I'm really not comfortable with things like that. If it's six of us at a table, I'm engaging for sure. I'm asking questions. I'm communicating. So I'm not an extrovert. So I was talking to a friend of mine, um, one of the friends that I'm starting to release. And uh, I was said, I'm not an extrovert. And she's like, and she knows me for years, right? Since I was a kid. And she's like, I wouldn't, I said, I'm an introvert. She goes, I would never think of you as an introvert. And I'm like, yeah, because you don't know me and take the time to get to know me. And because they knew me in high school and college when I was an extrovert. And guess what made me an extrovert? Alcohol, drugs. I was so uncomfortable in my own skin that I was drinking and snorting cocaine. That's what made me an extrovert. I'm not an extrovert. I like talking to people. I love talking to people. I'm very communicative. I love laughing. I, love, I have a, um, a good sense of humor. I know I do. I've been told that and I know I do. I like laughing and I like talking and I like everything. But then I'm done. I'm friggin' done. I am tired. So during the week, I want to share this with you because this might be who you are. I'm usually done at like five. Usually it's five. It's a little after five o'clock now. This is a little late for me. And I don't talk to people at night during the week because I'm tired. I'm holding a lot of space the whole day for a lot of people. And I want to. I love it. I love all my students. I love the people I'm communicating with in my community. I The people on my list I care about. I care about helping people. So I had to get comfortable with my social skills, right? And I've been comfortable, but now it's going to another level because here in Marin, I've had a, one woman in particular will constantly say something like, you know, you don't want to do this or you need to play more. I'm like, who are you to tell me what I need to do? It was so funny because she was like, you need to play more. And I'm like, I'll play what I can play. And that's it. And I said something to her to that effect, but not as like nasty. I just said, I'm going to play what I can play. And that's it. And then I noticed that she wasn't playing that many games on the roster. And then she had to pull herself off, but she was just busy. She's it's, it is what it is. It doesn't matter. But what happens in those moments is you may question yourself. I question myself. I'm like, oh, is there something wrong with me? I don't want to be around a bunch of people. I don't even want to be around my friends anymore. What's going on? And I have a lot of great conscious conversations with myself. And what I've learned is I don't want to be around people who don't want to take the time to get to know me. All I'm doing is talking about them and I can't do it anymore. I'm tired of it. I hold space so much for my, the people I teach and I love it. 
that in my personal relationships, I don't want to hold space for people all the time. Of course, I'm going to hold space, but it's a compromise, right? So I've gotten really comfortable with what I'm okay with and what I'm not okay with. And I know, like, I've had to say no to a lot of people. And at first it was uncomfortable. And one of the things that the reason why I don't want to live here anymore is as beautiful as it is, I have a beautiful view. The houses are on top of each other. I'm really tired of people knowing when I'm taking out my garbage, when I'm getting out of my car, when I'm throwing out a rug, I'm frigging tired of it. Like get out of my ass. And I'm one of, I used to be one of those people too, these poor people, man. I used to walk by the house and they had this big yard and I'd be like, oh, you got a trampoline because I'm a talker. And they'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty color. What are you building there? Then they put up a big fence and I swear it was because of me. <laughs> it wasn't, but I was like, oh, I'm one of those neighbors that's annoying. They need to put up a big fence so that nobody, now I can't see in the yard. And I'm like, damn, I want to see what's going on in there. Sometimes I, the dogs stop and I could, they're very nice people, really nice people. And I could see through the cracks. <laughs> like I saw them the other day on the trail. And I was like, your house looks great. Cause they could see the other side, they're building something. Um, but I don't want that anymore. I like my privacy and I am who I am. So today I have somebody who was in Soulfinder Academy. She's super sweet. I think she listens to this podcast, so she'll recognize who this is about. And I really, really like her. She's such a wonderful person, really great person. And she's been asking me, she lives in the North Bay where I live. And she's been asking me to get together and go on a hike. And I have a few students around me that live in this area. And um, when she asked me back in the fall of 2021, Christmas is usually the Christmas holidays when I slow down and I'm not holding space for anybody. So I'm really just taking it easy. And it's a great time for me to do that. And I was like, uh, let's do it over the holidays. And I think she, she went away. So she couldn't do it then. She was going to New York. And she, I said, okay, well, let's do it next year. So she has been asking me. And last year was, as we all know, a year that I couldn't do anything. I just couldn't do anything extra except what I needed to do that was in front of me. And she was, she's been very sweet. And she's like, okay, I won't ask you. And then I think the beginning of this year, she asked me again. And I said, ask me in April. I have to get my, I had to get my whole team up and running. We still haven't been up and running. We just finally have gotten up and running. I have a whole new team. And so she just emailed me this week. I just today I said this to her and she was like, um, so you said to ask you in April if we can go on a hike. I'd really love to go on a hike. And um, can you do it? What day can you do it? And I sat here and I was like, I don't want to go. And I've got to be honest. I don't want to put something on my calendar and then dread it. And that might sound really mean. It has nothing to do with her nothing. And I'm going to tell you what I said to her. And she was very gracious. I just, I didn't read the whole thing, but she, she understood. And I knew she would. I am not one of these business owners that will go to Chicago and be like, let's have a meetup and meet with a bunch of people in a bar and have a conversation. I'm just not that person. I'm very private. I'm very quiet. I don't, well, I don't know if people would call me quiet. I'm insular. I'm, I like my alone time a lot. I also hold so much space for people and I love it. I love what I do that my alone time is so important to me. And I remember I went to a conference and this woman who has a membership, she has a very, very successful membership, very nice woman. She was holding a meetup group in the bar at the conference for all her people in that area. And she must have like 20, 30 people. I don't know. And she did great with it. It was really good for her. I was like, I can't fucking do that. I can't. It's not that I don't love people. It's that that makes me uncomfortable. What also makes me uncomfortable is um, that kind of attention I don't like, right? And I'll explain that in a second too, because that may sound really weird. You may say that's something that I have to deal with, and I'll tell you about that. So I said to her, look, I am not going to commit to it. My weekends are sacred. I don't like committing to a lot of things. I like fluid weekends. The only thing I commit to, and this is the truth, is tennis. That's the only thing I'll commit to. And I said, it's not that um, I don't want to see you, but it's like my weekends are mine. And um, if that changes, I will let you know. I said, I just finally stopped working last weekend. It was the first weekend, this past weekend that I wasn't working. And now I'm like signing up for tennis things because now I, I even stopped playing so much tennis because I couldn't. So I felt bad 
when I told her that, but I knew I had to, I had to acknowledge myself. I had to be honest with myself and I had to be honest with her because I couldn't keep putting her off. And I also couldn't put something in my schedule that I would sit there and go, Oh, I got to do this thing. And it's got nothing to do. I have a few students here, people that are in next level living. It's got nothing to do that. I don't want to see them. I think they're amazing people. I love them, but I don't need the in-person contact. There, I see them online. I talk to them. I love them. I'm doing a retreat at the end of October um, with Stephen Farmer and Anna Maria Vasquez. And some of those people are coming to that retreat. I'm going to get to see them in person there. Even that retreat, that's going to be like three and a half days. I'm going to have to spend time alone. Now, I'm really, really, I can be really social when I did the yoga certification and I was on a retreat for 10 day, seven days. I told everybody I do my alone thing. I was like socializing the whole time. I was shocked at myself even. Um, so, and I said it at the end and they were like, yeah, we didn't expect you to do that. And you were like talking to everybody. And I was like, I know it's interesting. So there could be something there that, that has to change and will probably change. And I probably will make a time to do that hike because I do care about these people and I want to spend time with them. But I know right now is not the time I have a, a New York trip. I have a trip to check out the place where I want to move. Um, I have my own life that I'm still working to, to graduate even up to a higher level. So I encourage you to be honest with yourself and I encourage you to be honest with other people. And then if they don't respect it, then you have to ask yourself. Now I have the cat crying outside the door. I don't know if you can hear him. Um, then you have to, this is not the time to do a podcast because at five o'clock it's dinner time. Um, then you have to be honest with yourself about what really works for you. All right, I'm going to share one more thing and then I am going to go. I had more to share. I want to talk about comparison energy and I want to talk about another tool, that, a couple of tools that have really helped me. Comparison energy, when you compare yourself to other people, usually you're comparing yourself to other people because they have something that you desire that's inside of you. Turn that into something else for yourself. It's not healthy. It's I'm not judging it. It's not great. Oh, I was going to share one more story. I'll share that in a second. So I don't really do comparison energy anymore. I used to. And if it comes up inside of me, um, there's two reasons why it comes up. One, usually the person is getting accolades and I can tell that they're not honest and in integrity. And I have a real big problem with that. Now, who's to say that my judgment of honest and integrity is fair? That's true. Because what I think is honest and integral may not be what you think is honest and integral. But it's usually that. And then it's also um, something inside of me that I'm not doing. So I'm jealous of the person because I'm not doing it. So I'm able to turn the mirror around and take a look at myself, what I need to shift, change, and expand in myself and do it. Comparison energy is unhealthy. Be happy for people. Many times I see, and I'm trying to remember, I did it with someone recently where I was sharing a story with one of my um, academics on Voxer. I don't like calling them students because they're not. And I was talking about a particular person, it might've been a coaching session. And I said, I don't really follow this person, but they're very successful. Cause I'm always very honest about who I follow or don't follow. Because if I say I'm following someone, um, somebody who is studying with me might be like, Oh, I'm going to follow that person and check them out. Cause Marilyn's following them. And if I'm not very honest about my feelings about them, that doesn't feel honest to me. I'm just very honest. So, um, but I was like, you know, I don't really follow her. I don't really like her. It's not for me, but I think it's amazing what she's doing and I congratulate her on a success. The more you do that, the more you free yourself up for success. The other story I was going to tell besides the two tips I'm going to give you, I was on the tennis court with some people and this one guy listens to my podcast. He might even be listening to this one and um, he's read my book and everything. He's a very, very nice person. They're from the East Coast. We, we relate to each other. And he was sharing with the other couple that we were, we're not a couple at all. He's married, love his wife, everything. But we were sharing with the couple we were playing with. Um, he was sharing about my book and my podcast. I get very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. And I said, oh, don't. And then I realized he was celebrating me and I didn't allow him to do that. And I said to him privately, I said, I'm so sorry. I think I said it in front of the other couple. But I said to him privately, I said, I'm really sorry that I did that. I get very uncomfortable. And I, it's not because I don't love the success that I have or that people acknowledge it. I wear different faces for different reasons. So when I'm on the tennis court, I'm a different person, right? I'm not the medium. When, when the team I was on in January found out 
that what I did, there was a lot of questions that came towards me. And that's not comfortable for me. I want to, I chose early on, not everybody's going to do this. And I've shared this with you before to live a somewhat normal life, what I deemed normal. I don't want to get into conversation. What I do, I don't want to tell the stories. I don't, that's what this podcast is for. So I'm very shy about that stuff. I'm very, um, it's could be a humble. I don't know what it is. It's not an insecurity. It's something that I chose for myself. I have a dinner party. It, I was like this even as an actress. Like if somebody's like, she's Tina and Tony too. It was uncomfortable for me. I'll bring it up my therapist to see if there's something other than that. I don't think so. Same token. I did not want to take away from him celebrating my work. That's the issue. I think that, that if there was anything to uncover, it would be, why not, why not be okay with that? Like, thank you so much. And I did, I said, thank you so much. That was really sweet of you. Thank you. And, um, so I wanted to share that. And that goes back to the story of what I was sharing before about being pretty private, pretty, pretty private. So as much as like, I'm not one of those people that goes up and tells everybody my life story. You know, my father passed away. I was on a tennis court, maybe a week later. I didn't tell anyone. I didn't know really many people here, but I didn't tell anyone. And I'm pretty private when it comes to certain things. And you would think I'm not because I have a podcast, I'm on social media. But when I find out people I know are listening to this, I'm like, ooh, that's an interesting little thing here. But I appreciate it, actually. I really do. And I have certain friends that will leave me messages like, I listened to this and it was great. Okay, there's more we're going to be talking about down the line, which is letting go and relationships. Um, making excuses, I talked about responsibility. The reason we'll talk about that is because I feel as we're growing in our spirituality and our work and alignment and truth, alignment to me is truth, living in your truth. The more you're going to start noticing, and I'm sure you already noticed this, that you're going to be letting go of situations and people. One of the, I remember seeing it on social media so much last year, like I'm letting go of this one. I'm letting go of that one. I'm this like healer doing this, this and that. And they're very cute little videos. Um, and I was like, mm, I don't, that's not me. Well, this year it is. This year it is. This year I'm like, I'm done. Can't do it anymore. Not going to do it. Not going to um, be in a relationship at a detriment to myself any longer. I'm not going to hide who I am. I'm not going to have a conversation with somebody who is not asking me questions or when they ask questions about what I'm doing and I, and I, and I share very little, very little, because I know they won't listen. The attention is out the window. It happened recently. And I was thinking, oh, they just think I'm boring. They do. I know they do. And the re and I'm like, but am I boring? Because I'm like, maybe I'm boring. This is what I mean about really knowing yourself. Like, maybe I'm boring. And then I was like, no, they just don't have the capacity to listen to what's going on in my life. So I don't tell them. So yeah, I am boring to them. And this one person I was talking to that I've known for years she said, I was, I was questioning something, a decision she was making. And she's a friend that I put to task quite a bit. I put the feet to the fire with her choices and she, she's open to it. And I was questioning something she was doing. And I wasn't, I was like, I'm not judging you. I just want you to be very clear about why you're doing it. And she said, I'm not like you. I can't hunker down in my house. And it's like, that's a little bit of a dig. I'm not really sure what that is. And that's going on underneath the context, subcontext, right? I didn't say anything. And I just didn't say anything. And she didn't say anything. Because I was like, hmm, how do I want to respond to that one? And then she said something else and I just let it go. But it was in the back of my head. I'm like, hmm, I hunkered down in my house. Do I hunker down in my house? And then I realized this weekend that I play a lot of tennis. I hike. I go down to the creeks. I'm very outdoorsy. I may hunker down in my house at night because I don't want to go to a bar. I don't want to go to a loud party. Not unless I'm still snorting cocaine and drinking and that's not happening. I want to spend my days being super productive and active and physical and mental and, and spiritual. And then the evenings, I'm quiet because I've done so much during the day. So 
I don't know if I'll choose to say something to her about it because I know, say, I know these things. I know that was a conversation that her and my other friend had because um, I'm kind of pulling away and they can feel it. And the other friend called and I'm going to have to deal with that, but know yourself, know yourself, stand by yourself. Don't let other people tell you who you are. And if something like that happens, I look at it, I go, mm, what do I have to shift? Do I have to change anything? And I do think that there are certain areas. So what I realized this week, and I was like, you know, I used to get down on myself for playing so much tennis. I'm going to play more because that's what I love to do. That's my social life. Because I look at these women on my team, they're on like so many teams. They're playing all the time. I have one friend I play with, one woman who I really like here. I've, I've just really liked this girl. And she played, she had like four different teams she was on and she was playing all the time. And um, I'm like, that's their social life. Of course, she's got kids and a husband and stuff, but her kids are older and she can do it. And I'm like, that I would be fine with it. I was playing more kayaking, like I want to start kayaking. I want to pick up another sport. I don't know if it's golf. It's not going to be pickleball. Trust me. Um, that's what I love to do. So that's my social life and I'm happy with it. I don't need to be hanging out with in, in situations for me that would feel empty. I'm not saying that that's what it is for other people. Okay. So here are some things that shifted for me that I want to give you. Uh, one of the rituals I started doing in the morning, I journal every morning. I started reading and journaling. So I read um, a chapter of a book that is business related right now. It'll probably be business related for a while. And I journal as I read it because I'm getting a lot of thoughts, a lot of creative thoughts, a lot of inspiration, a lot of innovation. It's opening up so many doors for me. I'm amazed um, that that particular tool, that technique is just shifting so much. It's incredible. The other thing that I've been doing is getting very conscious in the moment. My body is, um, I run high stress and anxiety. I didn't realize how much. I knew I ran high stress. I didn't know how anxious I was until um, I think about a year or two years ago. I was like, wow, I actually have anxiety. When people started naming anxiety, I was like, oh, 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 yeah, I have that. So um, what I'm starting to notice is when that is coming up in my physical body and it's not true. And I know you've heard this before. So I'm consciously able to look at, oh, my goodness, my mood is shifting. Why is my mood shifting? What happened? Nothing is going on, but my body at this time wants to have this mood. So I shift it. And I know Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about this and um, it's something that I'm really, and I don't really follow a lot of his work anymore, but um, if you want to go check it out, cause you'll, you'll, he, I think he teaches a lot of great stuff, but I noticed this in my physical body and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that stress. I'm not doing that anger. I'm not doing that anymore. I am allowing, I'm going to, what's really true in the moment right now. And then that I let that be. So I suggest those two tools and you're going to see a lot of shifts and a lot of changes. I also, so the tools for today are journaling in the morning while you're reading something and journaling through it. So as you're reading a paragraph, if it hits you journal about it, doing the shift in the minute, getting very conscious to what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And then if it doesn't match what's going on in your life, which it probably won't, shift it and change it, get into the moment and shift it and notice that it's a habit that's ruling your body. Um, ask yourself about your relationships. Are they really serving you? And you know, everything's a two-way street. So I don't sit there and go, these people are doing this. This people. I'm not doing that. I realize, like the one friend I put to task all the time, you know, I'm always putting her feet to the fire. I'm like, I don't know how she deals with me because I'm constantly like questioning stuff it's, it's two way street. It's both of us. It's not them doing it to me, me doing it to them. I'm just changing. Um, make sure that you're surrounded by people who love you. Step into your greatness. Ask yourself what that means to you. Bring your greatness to everything you do. Like you hear athletes talk about this all the time. Kobe Bryant is so good to listen to. It's such a shame. He's not on this earth anymore. He said such amazing, such stuff, Kobe Bryant. And you see how these athletes constantly challenge their greatness, constantly brought their greatness to it. So bring your greatness to everything you do. It doesn't matter what you're doing. And that's where I'm going to let you go.
Um, so we're going to talk a lot and go another time. Thank you so much for listening. Please, it really, really helps if you rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcast. I would really appreciate it. I'm going to be focusing more on my podcast and uh, bringing more things. If there's a subject you want me to cover, a psychic gift you want me to cover, want me to talk about mediumship, whatever it is, uh, please email us at info at marilynaloria.com and let us know and we will uh, look at it. Take care and thank you so much. Have a great day or night whenever you're listening to this.